What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Michael Kist. Are you copying that listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Ben, I don't even know how to start this one. Like, I'm not I'm not angry. Well, I am angry. I'm also disappointed. Yo, I was about to say, don't worry. If we need anger on this podcast, I will bring it. Beautiful. Because the Philadelphia Eagles have lost 27 to 17 to the hapless New York Giants in a frustrating, dull, boring, mind-numbing, flat performance from both sides of the ball where whenever one side of the ball got on track, the other one just fell to absolute pieces. Uh, I might as well kick it to you since uh, I'm not sure I have a whole lot to say up front here. We're certainly going to get into some things, but Ben, Benjamin Solak, best dog on co-host in the game. How you feeling, brother? This is the worst game of the season. One. Two, this is the worst Doug Peterson game ever right and coming out and coming out of the bye he's one and three like i don't know why we expected different and they had some weird covid stuff and whatnot i can't right like like wentz's poor play has been bad has been uh, affecting the team all season wentz is you know inconsistent in play injuries have been affecting the team since last year and even into the end of 2018 never once have i been like wow Carson's playing pretty well. It's too bad that Peterson's holding him back. <laughs> right. Than I was today. Yeah. This 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 right now is officially the game. This is the moment for me where I mean if Jeff Lurie sits Doug Peterson down and goes, "Explain to me why you're why you're my head coach." Right. What's Peterson's answer? Head coach, what are you responsible for? Number 1, preparation. Numerous special teams issues. Tons of penalties. Yeah. Regular drop snaps. Failed execution across the board. So preparation-wise, off of a bye week, this team is nowhere. They come out of they come out of a bye week, no no trick plays even, which to me like that's the most interesting thing to me yeah. is that all year long it's been like oh first snap out of the second quarter, yes what we're gonna do little hunky dory this little fake screen do that guy and you've got Rager back and you've got Sanders back and you've got Goddard back you've got all your yak boys back and you had nothing yeah. in the bag mm-hmm. right so. Nothing. There's no no, no preparation, and it's, and it's the same Jalen Hurt stuff that we've right. seen the entire yeah. time. <laughs> Nothing with, with Carson Wentz on the outside, just occupying space when you could put a wide. They refused to throw it with him, so right. I guess it doesn't even matter. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So you have that. Okay, so that's that preparation. All right, number two, in-game decision making. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this isn't to say Peterson has changed the way he's made decisions because he's aggressive he's remained aggressive going for that two-point conversion you know when he's down by four is is completely outside of the meta it's totally outside of 
of, of you know your, your st- the, the standard operating procedure for for teams. There are models that support it. There are models that think it's a push, and you can kind of go either way. At that time, with that deficit, the theory, real quick, is all right. You're down by four. If you go for two and you make it a two point game, well, now obviously a, a field goal wins it instead of tying it. And at that stage where you're not yet cl- deep enough into the fourth quarter, right, to say you know consequentially, you have to remember it's about halfway through the third, if memory serves at the time. Yeah, five twenty in the third. Uh, at that time, you're not le- yet close enough to be like, it's going to be a one possession game. It's going to be a two possession game. Like, you don't, like, there's too many drives left. Yeah. So it's just like, get a ton of points. And that's why that decision was made. But anyway, that decision's made. And then obviously, you end up running the, the, the tape, that which Peterson doesn't know. You go into the future, and the Eagles end up down by seven instead of down by six, which is drastic. And, and you know, a, a consequence that was foreseeable that you accepted when you took this risk. So you have in game decision making. Right, they they had a uh, a fourth and five after the Carson Wentz uh, trip Sua a pedal on the second drive. Which inside ben, you've, of the- you've asked me before, like what moment in a game has maybe go from piss to laughing, and it was probably Carson Wentz tripping tripping on third and one to make it fourth yeah. and five, followed by, by punting in enemy territory. But I think that's where you're right. going with this. And right? why is Sua Pet in the game? Because apparently <laughs> Nate Herbig lost a finger, yeah. and it wasn't on the injury report. And why? If, Sue, if Nate Herbig's injured, is Jason Peters not playing guard? Because I think Jeffrey Lurie would rather die before he saw Jason <laughs> Peters indignified. Like he would just go 3-12-1 before Jason Peters has to take a snap anywhere Jason Peters doesn't want to. Correct. Okay, so all of this. Failed execution, failed preparation, poor in-game decision-making. And then you land on, you know, Peterson's not like a John Harbaugh head coach. He's not just like a decision-maker. Or a manager. He is the offensive play caller. Mm-hmm. Boy. Which... What were we doing today? <laughs> it's just a, a mess. The only the only time I was like, okay, cool, was when they came out of the half. They used some tempo. They go eleven personnel. That was a good drive for Dallas Goddard to get the big run from Boston sure, Scott. Like, yeah. that was great. Other than that, I don't right. know what to tell you. They got good runs through light boxes, and they were yep. successful in doing so. There there was frustration with the run pass balance. Uh, Carson Wentz attempted thirty seven passes. The team attempt had twenty three runs. So that's about. 65-35. It probably could have been a little bit closer to 50-50, but I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah. I do think that, you know, your two Jalen Hurts runs are freaking pointless. Uh, and, you know, your Miles Sanders is ripping him off, right? Sanders ends the day uh, 15 for 85. He's averaging over five and a half yards per carry. I would have continued to tote him. Uh, he obviously mm. was their bell cow. Nobody else had more than three carries. Um, but if I think that, you know, you're, you're trying to get inventive with a running game that's working in its base. You know, especially, like, late, they started going to outside runs when they were hitting on inside stuff. They'd be hitting on trap. They'd be hitting on inside zone. been hitting on duo. Like, all that stuff between the tackles. Uh, I would like for them to have stayed there. But, like, running game, cool, whatever. Passing game, you finally got, like, good Wentz. Like, Wentz was accurate for the most part on the day, right? Like, the, oh, he missed Goddard on a second 18 seam route. He put the thing high, throwing it to a le- leveraged window. His first couple throws were high. He usually comes out jumpy, especially this year. Came out jumpy, first couple throws were high, but generally he was accurate. Greg Ward on the move was a great throw, you know what I mean? He was hitting Rager successfully on the sideline. Touch pass to Richard Rodgers over a sinking underneath zone defender. Mm-hmm. Great looks. He was making good decisions. Dallas Goddard on, on, on the underneath curl round in front of the cover three hook curl sinkers, right? Just like easy stuff. The stuff that we talked about being there, that short yardage stuff. And, and I've seen people say like, oh, this is what it looks like when Wentz plays in structure. Yeah, it it. I agree. Like it is, and that's not bad. Like obviously, you know, Wentz has got great playmaking ability, and he had some playmaking moments, tucking the ball and running, you know, throwing outside of the pocket. But if this team just converts on a couple of third downs, 
then, Which they converted it, on none. Yeah, that I they saw. converted on zero. They were zero for eight on third down. Their only third down conversion, technically, was a defensive pass interference play on one of Wentz's worst throws of the day to Greg Ward. They convert a couple third downs. This offense looks a lot better. But the reality is that they were consistently getting in their own way in terms of getting to third down because the amount of times on first down, they're just doing completely utter. The under center play action game is so, it's wasteful, man. Under center play action and Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz on the field at the same time. It's just at best you're getting to second and 10. At best you're getting to second and 10. That's ideal in those plays. Although you're not getting anything better than that. Yeah. And so why when, you know, Rager and Al, you activate Alshon just to give Richard Rogers 40 snaps and Rogers ends up playing pretty well, right? Okay, great. It's good. So you activated Alshon and you're just going to stay out of 12 personnel anyway. Congratulations. Rager's back. Alshon's back to Richard Rogers. Fulgham gets two tar- four, four targets. I think it was Fulgham ended up with one catch for eight yards. Third and ten. They're constantly just like, oh, deep shot. Like Greg Ward on the on the on the slot fade. Jalen Rager in double coverage. Fulgham's been so good intermediate. I don't like. Do they know what they have? Do they know this? This offensive coaching staff has no idea. No thumb on the pulse. No answer at all for any question any obstacle any bump in the road that might encounter them on any single drive and so yes uh, if this game were played again would the eagles go zero free on third down no they wouldn't and it would lead to a couple more scores and maybe they actually pull out a win but if you're peterson you didn't do anything good two weeks the passing game is exactly the same it's completely stale you didn't cut any of the, the the rancid flesh, you didn't excise any of the demons, nor did you introduce anything new and anything interesting. You got playmakers, and all they're doing in the case of Miles Sanders and Jalen Rager is making your already poor plays, your poor designs, your stale offense slightly better, slightly more efficient at getting to a third one that you won't convert anyway because your team is bumbling all over itself and you have no solution. Just over there with your granny glasses looking at your 15 by 20 inch play sheet. Come on, Doug! Such a bad Doug game, man. Yeah, and the the one there was one call that I liked that you know I'm money down. We will include that with the third down conversation. It was it was the first drive. Like they blew they blew everything that they had right there. They're moving the ball. It was the shield screen to to Rager on fourth and one, which is something that right. they like to throw to Alshon. They haven't really done it in the middle of the field since 2018 when they did it too many times against the Minnesota Vikings. They typically use it in the deep red zone. I I, I like that, but you know they they also. How inept they are now, not only in these two-point conversion situations where they normally aren't, and now in these third-down situations where they normally are fantastic. Like, third and Wentz is a thing. It's no longer a thing now. This offense is just so flat and unimaginative coming out of the bye, and people are saying, okay, well, Doug needs to give up the play calling. To whom? Oh, no, 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 no. Doug needs to get better at play calling. He does not need to give up the play calling to anybody. You're going to have Press Taylor calling the plays? Why? Right. Are you going to have Rich Scangarello calling it? They haven't installed anything that Scangarello runs. Right. Scangarello was bad, man. I thought I thought when they brought in Scangarello, they were going to like figure out how to package this in with the offense. They tried right. to run two different offenses. Yep. And they they, yeah. there's no cohesion. They have no... No, they have a, a modest under center running game, but it's pretty bad. And it's usually not their outside zone stuff. It's other stuff, not outside zone. Right. And then they try to run play action off of it. Okay. Excuse me occasionally you get like the Greg Ward throw or the quick throw to Richard Rogers, right? A quick outbreaking route, which is just like stuff you're getting out of your base offense anyway. It's just stuff you're getting out of your regular spread offense. What they've been doing, it's wham and it's, yeah. All the deep stuff is nowhere to be seen. I mean, like what they had no successful deep plays. Richard Rogers on the the quick (laughs) seam route on that fourth drive, right? Like a 20 yard catch. But like 
Do you remember? Just rewind your... Bring your head back. <laughs> all the way to freaking August. And it was like, we're going to be... A, like, we have built the team to be better at passing the ball deep. You suck at it. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how to uncover anybody deep. Right? Like, great. Like, the Travis Fulgham third and 11 uh, uh, throw in the sideline, right? Where yeah. he's capped by... Was it Bradbury or was it Yidam? It was one of the outside corners. It was, Ye- it was Yidam who had it yeah, way... Yeah. It was all over that. Yeah. Right, right. Which... It's Fulgham, single move release to the outside. It's it's the play he had against the San Francisco 49ers. However, he's kind of like known a little bit here now. And so Wentz steps back. Miles Sanders has no idea where to go in pass protection. Yep. Goes back to your execution issues. Uh, and Wentz just chucks that thing up there. You have in Fulgham a guy who's been so good at uncovering it, man. And there was a, a later, there, it was one of the third downs late when it kind of like really didn't matter. It might have been that third and... It might have been the last drive. It might have been mm. the punt drive, third and 18. I, can't, I think it was third and 18. They had Fulgham on a man beater, and he won it. And Wentz was just off of the route too quickly. And that's the thing. is like third and third and three, first one, the Jalen Rager rub route. They've got yes. it open. Wentz is just laid on it, right? Yep. So even on a good Wednesday, you're still getting problems. They're backbreakers on third down. You get into third. Uh, you get into better third down situations. You get penalties. You get the trip from Suopeta. And then even when you're getting good Wentz plays, you're losing it because you don't have any explosiveness to your offense. So a good Wentz play picks you up 25, 30 yards. Not to mention your defense and special teams have placed you inside the 10 and the 15 because you have no conception. Oh my God. No conception of complimentary football. And so, okay, you had a couple of good plays. You had a couple of good first downs. Guess what? You're still at the 50. Yep. And that's and, and if you look at where their third down failures occurred, especially early in the game, third and three, uh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Third and three, the Giants 22. Becomes a field goal instead of a touchdown. Third and one, the trip. The Giants 41. They get fourth and five from the 45. They don't go for it. They end up punting it away. Then you get uh, third and 11 at the 50. That's the Travis Fulgham deep pass. Nothing nothing going. Fourth and 11 from the 50. You're not going to go from that. If you picked up eight yards on that, made it fourth and three from the 43, guess what you're probably doing? Going for it. Right? Mm-hmm. So you go and you look at where a lot of, especially these early third downs, but you look at where some of these third downs are occurring. These are so many there are so many points there's so much leverage in these downs so like it's it again like if one or two third downs breaks the eagles way they probably win this but it's the fact that it was so sloppy yeah so unorganized so unimaginative so let's just keep banging our head up against the exact same wall that we've been doing for a whole month and then just shrug talk about execution and say that we're close you're three, five, and one in the worst division in modern football. <laughs> Look, you mentioned the uh, third and three, and you kind of breezed past it. It's one I wanted to talk about because you know you you had praised Wentz a little bit before, but this one really bugged me, dude. That third and three, and, and Wentz just messes this up. Essentially, what happens is Fulgham is in the slot, Riggers on the outside. Fulgham is running a fade from the slot, and he's going to angle this at outside corner James Bradbury, right? So he's getting pressed. There's conjecture. There's con- congestion there and Wentz doesn't know when he when he steps back and is ready to throw he doesn't quite know yet if Fulgham is for sure going to clear and allow Jalen Rager to run so he double clutches he throws late and that allows Bradbury to break on the ball so like I said there's congestion but that's the whole point of the rub route is to create that congestion you got what you wanted it has to come out you have to trust that it's going to uncover, which it did, because otherwise you ruin the timing, which he did, and Bradbury is able to break it up. So to your point, if it ain't the scheme, 
it's Wentz. If it's not Wentz, it's the offensive line. If it's not the offensive line, it's the running back picking up protection. If it's not that, then you've got drops. Like it just something on every play just wrong for them. And at least this stale, stagnant offense. And we don't know the solution because like we said, you want to give up play calling duties? You think that's going to fix everything? Watch what happens when Matt Nagy gives up play calling duties and see what happens in Chicago. So I don't think it's going to do much there anyway. What is it? Bill, Bill Lazor calling plays there? Anyway. Changing it isn't going to help it. They're going to have to figure it out. Like you said, Doug is just going to have to get better. But I have zero faith in that right now. And now the Eagles find themselves in a situation where, yeah, what are they, a half game up in the East? Which, like, couldn't be more of a curse? No, we're, we we can't talk about the NFC East and the, and the division <laughs> lead anymore. We just can't, right? But you have to like, because... They're, they're, they're two and two against the division and their wins are Ben DiNucci and an Evan Ingram drop. Like, let's be honest. You can't. I, I, but I'm not saying that as in, okay, this is a positive. You know, like Doug would say, hey, we're a game, you know, we're a half game up in the East. You know, we got to, we got to stay the course and all this crap, whatever he's going to say in his press or if he did. But like, it's a curse because you've got a bad football team that is not executing, but you've also got a terrible division that, that can't is going to have trouble catching up with you. Like, are the Giants really going to speed past the Eagles? Possibly, looking at their schedules. I mean, the Eagles have a really rough stretch ahead, and it is probably yes. only going to get It's going to be great. Oh. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, if, okay, so I, here's here's my question, and I don't I don't even know the framework, like uh, the appropriate framework for it. I may just be like, completely nowhere on it, but in my head, Doug is not like get into the locker room and curse everybody out. Dude, he's not. He's a right? player's like, coach. That's not his yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you got it, You right? have to show something because what's happening right. ain't working for you. Right? They always talk about right. Doug like, oh, they rally around him and their back's against the wall and so on and so forth. Like, mm-hmm. brother, their back's have been right. against the wall all season, man. It ain't working right now. It ain't resonating. Mm-hmm. Quick anecdote from Ben before the break. Uh, I remember when I was a camp counselor, uh, you know, we, it was a uh, church camp. So it was just like, you know, friendly stuff hanging out. Um, and they taught us, you know, if you, you know, like, here's, here's what you do when you have a, a cabin that's getting out of control and those guys are doing this and they're doing that. And you might have your boys and they're fighting or they're just doing whatever. And like, you're all your techniques. And at the end of the day, they, they said, you know, if you desperately need it, your, your emergency pole shoot is throwing a chair. Like we have these metal chairs and just throw the chair on the ground, <laughs> slam the door. Right. You, so it's the chair. Bobby throw, right? You've yeah. won. Yeah, you you have, you you have a chair throw, and they will be stunned when you. And I never had to do it, but like they will be stunned when you throw this chair. It's not at anybody. I want to make that very clear. You just throw it to the ground. You slam a door. You make a huge banging noise, and then when you you're, it allows you to regrab attention, and then you go on from there. But you only have one. You can never use a chair right. throw twice on the same cap, and it won't work. You've got to have a chair throw right now. Like you've got to walk in the locker room and just break something. Right? Are you like? Are you? Are we serious right now? Or at least like if not. I mean, Carson's never going to do it, which is a different off-season conversation about leadership that we have every year that I absolutely hate. Carson's never going to do it. Who on offense? I mean, Kelsey Lane, maybe. But even then, like, if you're Kelsey, you're just trying to get through the season to retire at this point, right? Like, Kelsey missed four snaps. Kelsey's not going to be like, guys, yeah. like, he can't, you, you can't snap the football, right? Like, Lane, no, these guys, like, no one, it's got to be Doug. Doug's got to just, you got to break something. But listen, this is dumb and I hate it. And appropriately so. I mean, Nobody who didn't make a mistake. Travis Fulgham critical third down drop. Miles Sanders multiple bad third down drops. Miles Sanders blowing in pass protection. Alshon Jeffrey absolutely nothing to the table. You know what I mean? Like who on offense was good today? Dick Rod and Rager ish. <laughs> yeah, Sanders running. Boston Scott always good against the Giants. Yeah, thanks for playing. We'll see you next year. Like oh man, 
So when we come back here on the Kist and Solak show, we're going to talk about some uh, defensive side of the ball type thingies. Boy, that was that was the sentence. And then uh, we're also going to get to three words, which you mentioned throwing a chair. I imagine three words is going to be like uh, in the ECW arena back in the old days when the fans would literally take their steel chairs and throw them into the ring. Just the entire crowd throwing their chairs into the ring. That's what I'm envisioning with these three words. We'll get to it right after this. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 206, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, first thing on my mind when it comes to the defense, uh, obviously the linebackers are a horrible, horrible mess, and we continue to to have people in the mention saying, well, it's got to be better than Nate Gary, right? <laughs> oh, I don't think nope. so. Uh, literally for all of the linebackers, so we can get into that. We can also get into the fact that Rodney McLeod had an Oklahoma drill-type setup against Daniel Jones and failed to make any meaningful contact. Uh, Jones shucked him off like you would an ear of corn. It was just absolutely pathetic from him on that one, from one of the better players on the defense this year. And when you look around that secondary, Avante Maddox is still a not, not an outside cornerback. Jimbo, if you could please stop trying to make that a thing. Nickel, what are his alternatives? <laughs> Nickel, you well, put Michael Jacquette out there? Well, because they they built a roster with five nickel corners. Nickel Roby Coleman has come here and gone deaf, blind, and dumb after three to four really solid years with the Los Angeles Rams. What happens to these cornerbacks when they get into the system that make them so bad? Maybe it was the system propping up. And NRC, I, I don't know, man, but he did not look like that in Los Angeles. Slay gets beat on a deep ball to really kind of close this thing out. I, it's, it's hard to blame him because it's put in a weird spot. I thought he was in a good position. Just couldn't get his hand in between the hands uh, at the end there. But overall, I mean, the, the the pass rush was not there in the first half. I thought they did a better job as the second half kind of started and whatnot. Javon Hargrave picked up a sack. They they were starting to get more pressure and starting to get at Daniel Jones. But overall, man, this this is a Giants team that was averaging 18.7 points per game, 31st in the league. And they didn't punt until there was 10 minutes left in the second quarter, playing from behind the, the entire game. And the Eagles offense wasn't uh, good enough to be able to flip the script on them and turn it into a different type of ball game. And the Giants just kind of just kind of mowed through this one. Ben, uh, your thoughts on the defense side of the ball for the Eagles? Yeah, the Giants didn't offense didn't even play well. Right. They just didn't turn the ball over, mm-hmm. right? Like Jones didn't fumble or throw a pick. And I was like, all right, that's functional enough. 27 points, good enough to beat the Eagles with our defense, which is <laughs> ludicrous. Here, so here's my fun defense question. You ready? Yeah. I put this one to Twitter, so we'll have a couple of uh, names that we can talk about. The It's a fill in the blank. The last defensive player added to Philadelphia's roster, whether via free agency or the draft, who played well here, was... I guess Josh Sweat has seen some decent development. Right. So you can argue Sweat has developed. I mean, like, yeah. So, okay. Sweat's gotten better across the course of three years. He is now edge three, maybe four, maybe two. Yeah, like Hassan Ridgeway is a guy that I would say came here and played really well, but he he, he got banged up and like, okay, cool. So So that's... so Ridgeway, all backups. Right. I saw, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So Ridgeway, um, P. Rob, people brought up one year deal, nickel yes. corner, yeah. four years ago. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a good one. Uh, I've seen Cravon LeBlanc like, again. Okay, sure, not really. Bottom, bo- yeah, bottom feeder deal. Who's been a good, you know, rotational guy? He's gonna get off the bench, corner. Got beat deep in this game too. I've seen. Um, uh, look, I, I, I'm not on the Cravon yeah. straps train. I think that's a product yeah. of again. I've, having poor play mm-hmm. elsewhere and going, well, it can't be any worse, right? It's like the Nate Gary thing. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, I've seen Walter Thurmond. Um, people have brought up Darius Slay. And I think I would still largely agree with you. But also, after a few really hot games of the season, Slay's cooled yeah. off a little he bit. He hasn't been you bad, I mean? but yeah. Like, he's, yeah, yeah he's, he's been good corner one, right? So, I'll give you Slay. <laughs> you, you can have Slay. Um, people, Bradham for a year? One year, yeah. Magical Jenkins? One year. Right. Jenkins, P. Rob. There was reasons for uh, Jenkins though, because Jenkins had the transition from corner yeah. to safety, and that took some time. And then, like when he really started to yeah. hit his prime, he was here in Philly, and that and that's when he kind of mm-hmm. blew up. There's a there's Chris Long, which is probably yeah. a good one, right? Chris Long, yeah. Chris Long came here in 2017, was immediately impactful, was not bad in 2018. But that's like that's either. like a veteran uh, you know, like had, you know exactly yeah. what you're getting from him, right? Yeah. But so so right. So when he's you a take former, all this former, and you look at the pick, was it what was he? Former first round pick, right? It was just, it was, you know, in his fifth, uh, tenth yeah. and eleventh year of, of football, right? It was just, you know, hunting a yeah. Super Bowl and he got one. So, right. So, when you look at the defense, to me, that tells the story, right? Because, you know, people freak out. Oh, Cindy Jones had an interception. All right. It was a really bad interception. He also gave up two he touchdowns, did, yeah. like whatever. Oh, Rashul Douglas is playing well in Carolina. He's playing well. He's going to get, you know, they're going to draft his replacement. He's not going to hold on to that starting job. So, it's, it's not to say that, like, if you're in Philadelphia at defense, you play poorly. And if you're somewhere else, you play well. But for whatever dichotomy exists between Jim Schwartz and Howie Roseman, and however much influence Jim Schwartz has in the personnel that he gets to acquire on defense, and however Howie Roseman identifies and acquires defensive talent, allocates money towards free agents, Malik Jackson, Javon Hargrave. The defense has no talent. You, you like, I had a, I had one of those moments where like, you know how sometimes you hear a word and you're like, yo, that word is crazy, right? You're like, you hear the word like, you know, like gregarious and you're like gregarious. Like, how is that even like, how do you make that sound with your mouth? You know what I'm talking about? You have yeah. these like weird moments of perception. I had this weird moment of perception watching the Eagles defense and looking at Duke Riley next to TJ Edwards, next to Alex Singleton, <laughs> next to Jalen Mills. Oh my God. And just thinking to myself, like, it's amazing yeah. that we're here. It's extraordinary that this this is we this we got this is real that a, a whole professional football organization mm-hmm. got to this. I was point. I was thinking that during the game today too. I'm like, how did we get yeah. here so quickly, right? So catastrophically, right? Just, but that's that's the thing. It, it was yes. it was death by a thousand paper cuts. It was you know you have that 2017 defensive roster, right? And it's. You know, it's Fletcher Cox and it's Brandon Graham as your primary guys on the defensive line, and they're great. And then you say, okay, uh, we got Chris Long and Vinny Curry on the rotation, and that's awesome. You get Timmy Jernigan in there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, And then we've got, you know, decent corners, Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby. got a good safety duo, Ronnie McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins, and this is great. And then it's like, all right, Jordan Hicks, Michael Kendricks, you guys have been banged up. Hicks asked for a little bit too much money. You know what? We're going to go. A different direction of linebacker. And that's where you bring in. Wow. 
you know, while uh, resigning Reynolds. Nigel Bradham right. because he had the best year of his career in 2017 and then totally falls off the face of the earth yeah. the next Right, which which the, the Bradham contract ended up bad. I liked At it. the time I did not hate it. You had to yeah. pay you had to pay one of them and right. Bradham had been healthy and Hicks hadn't. And like that like Hicks has since been good for Arizona, Bradham since been bad. And like I don't remember that time well enough to be like, that was a bad decision, but... He was a top five coverage linebacker in 2017. How do you right. know, you know? So, right. So, you do this, and then it's like, all right, we're going to move on from linebacker. But guess what? Our defensive line group is still just really stacked, and we're just going to go a little bit cheaper at linebacker. We're going to draft Nate Gary, and we're going to sign, you know, Reynolds, and we're going to sign Camus some other dude. I can't remember and, yeah. who it was. Yeah, Camus is going to do that, and it's going to be great. And then... You know, twenty uh, Darby's playing bad, Mills playing bad, but we drafted Sydney, we drafted Rasul. Uh, these we get these guys in, and, and they're going to develop. And okay, well, they weren't as good as Darby, so we're going to sign Darby to a one-year deal, and hopefully, you know, again, like those guys will be good enough. You go into twenty nineteen, and Darby's still bad, and Mills still bad. He goes okay. Well, we had these young guys, and that's not working. Uh, Mills isn't playing that well. We're going to move him to safety, and that so we can get rid of Malcolm. And, and it's just like this, like. Like uh, there's this constant like attempt to figure things out in the the back seven, like to like concoct. You know, just from like, you know, uh, uh, there was a Russian woman at my father's church growing up who used to bring food to coffee hour and she would say, this is being the breath of whatever I had in the house. Right. And so like the, Jim Schwartz is like, this is a back seven of whatever I have in the house. Like, this is just like, this whatever's here. It's just like, this is what we're going to play. And meanwhile, you're just like, listen, re-sign Vinnie Curry, draft Derek Barnett, draft Josh Sweat, sign, uh, uh, what's his name? Malik Jackson, sign Javon Hargrave. Defensive line, defensive line, defensive line, defensive line. And then they vanish for a whole yeah. drive. They're gone. And the Giants just ram it down your throats. And you don't have the linebackers to account for it. You come out in the second half. You've got 19 dudes in the box. You can see Rodney McLeod on the screen. He is so far up into the line of scrimmage. And it's right, Daniel Jones. Just throw it to Darius Slade, who's covered by a five foot nine fourth right. round pick. And this is the... So, the not once under Jim Schwartz have the Eagles made an acquisition on defense that met or exceeded significant investment and expectations. Yes, cheap guys have met or exceeded significant uh, their Low investments, impact. but a significant and early yeah. pick, a big money contract, it has not happened. It's four years. <laughs> it fell five yep. years. 2016, 2020, this is the fifth year. They, this unit gets progressively cheaper and more Swiss cheesy as we go on. And it is it is concealed. It is it is disguised by occasional dominant days of pass rush. But that is not yeah, enough. Because when there's no pass rush, things just completely fall apart. Right. We had a podcast that did not come out into existence. <laughs> uh, this is exclusively my fault, and I bear all the blame for that. But we talked about Daniel Jones over the last three weeks averaging 2.4 yard, uh, time time yeah. to throw. 2.4 seconds time to throw, which is down from 2.7 second, seven, seven seconds time to throw. Humongous shift over the yep. last few weeks. This is quick game passing. Don't leave him in the pocket. He won't make mistakes. He doesn't get sacked. He's got three sacks on him. Yeah, one on a Hail Mary, one on the first play of the game. Like, not, not impactful yep. plays. When it mattered, the Giants had easy third downs. They got out of them. So, what, 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 where, where's the talent? Your only hope is for a dominant defensive line performance for four quarters against every single team. How is Correct. that a plan? How is that a unit? Oh, yeah. that's ridiculous. It's insane. Okay, let's go to... Three, I think you, I think you summed it up pretty well because it's just, it's. I was about to say, I feel you didn't get to say a single thing about the defense, and I apologize. You were, you took the words out of my mouth. They're, they're double and tripling down on these, these bad decisions like Jalen Mills and the new decisions that they make, the new talent that they bring in, aren't making a big enough impact. They aren't making the impact that they should for the money that they are spending 
it's just not happening for them. It's just continual bad decisions that don't pan out for them. And, and eventually, like, the, you get to this point, like you said, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. And that and that's what has led us to this point. Going into uh, BGN Radio's three words every week, we ask you, gentle listener, for three words to sum up the game that you just watched. And there's plenty of responses in here that we could get to, obviously. Uh, but the first one I'll go to is from Jack. How do you, how do you, how do you say this last name, Ben? Despia? <laughs> All you, brother. Okay, we're going to call it that. Uh, Lori should evaluate. What are we evaluating here? Is it Lori or Lori? L- Lori, excuse me, Lori. Yeah, you always say Lori, and I'm always like, who, what Look, Lori? aggressively mispronouncing names is my gimmick, so I need you to back off. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lurie should evaluate. Is he evaluating? Well, number one, he should definitely, because Jim Schwartz has gotten the, the pants coached off him this year, definitely should be evaluating Jim Schwartz. Should he be evaluating Howie Roseman? Should he be evaluating Doug Peterson? Because mm-hmm. I think right now, unless this thing starts to look better and they make some surprise performances in this next like stretch of four games where you're like, wow, okay, they've really turned mm-hmm. this around. It can't continue like this, man, because like you said, right. we've been down on we've been on this downward slope, just slowly, 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 and now it's crashing. You have to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. You have to evaluate it. Yeah, I think I, I'm personally still of the opinion that I would want to see a Doug Peterson team, a Harry Roseman Doug Peterson team without Jim Schwartz. That'd be the first thing I would mm. like to see, and I think that. There's no way you get out of the end of this season without making at least a change. And that would be the change that I would recommend okay. making. You tell Doug and Howie, listen, Jim's gone. Jim's yeah. clearly out of hand and big hand in the defense and a hand in defensive personnel. He's gone. We're going to go for a more traditional structure where the head coach has more impact on defense. It's not just the defense coordinator's unit. And the GM has more control over defense. It's not just the defensive coordinator trying to get right. his guys. Here you go. Congrats on the Super Bowl win. We just washed a lot of players and a, and a significant coordinator out of that. This is it. You know, this is your one, two-year window. And I mean, really, and that then, makes yeah. sense to me because of just the way that they've locked themselves into this with the way with what they've done with the cap, with where they are with Carson Wentz's contract. Like, there's no getting out of that contract right now. So I, I guess they are kind of stuck going. You got one more year, but like Jim can go. I think I'm. I think I. I think that's the most reasonable probable scenario that we see and i understand if people want doug peterson fired if it continues like this trust me i get it but i think as far as like probability wise i think that's what you're looking at uh this one from chris jers mccrossin at c turbo addict uh it's a guy who did all the emojis who remembers that we will read these it's a middle finger it's the eagle emoji and then it's the dead emoji and that's i think that's exactly how i'm feeling ben uh ben as you look through three words Anything that stands out to you? I got one more. I'll go with Colin at Talon J13. Fulgham, one catch. Travis yeah. Fulgham Moss being held to one catch. And and James Bradbury was not shadowing him, nope. by the way. Yeah, no. Th- so. I know James Bradbury wasn't shadowing him because on a critical uh, fourth <laughs> down, the Eagles went Rager in a, a, on a deep pattern against two-man targeting James Bradbury. Rookie. Yeah, top five corner in the league right now with safety help. Let's throw him vertical. Mm-hmm. Just everybody's mm-hmm. dumb. Um, <laughs> Kurt, everyone's an idiot. At Kurt team. underscore bsh, who we've talked about before from Broad Street Hockey, he posts the the photo of the guy in the stands holding the "I am sad" uh, uh, poster. You know what I'm oh, talking about? It. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. three words. I thought that was very cleverly done because it's a picture with three words. Um, 
I've seen a butts for coaching from Frank J. Hall at Frank Love J. It. Hall. I've seen a butts for organization, Lou Captain Biscotti Fantini. And I've seen butts for game plans from Break the Vault B100. So firstly, three various butts ones, they're all different. And secondly, it's very, you've given the, the listeners a very nice template yes. for three words. Just butts for insert. Butts for snaps. In the blank things that you did yeah. not like. <laughs> yeah, I don't see anybody making a comment about the snaps it's objectively Brooks, amazing Brooks, that, like, Brooks stevens you, shot him out he said butts for snaps yeah it works it really works yeah how how about it though like if you had talked to us before the game we'd have been like listen it cannot get worse <laughs> than it's been and then jason kelsey's like i'm gonna forget it, how to snap i'm a multi all pro center i'm just not gonna shotgun snaps well, remember today. kelsey Is okay had issues with, with that like 2015 2016 like hey what if bad kelsey just showed up here we are, and it looks terrible. Right. Uh, the link at li- at the link eighty five finally stopped caring, and then he follows up with, uh, "Also, I'm probably going to take the week off from BGN, but I'm still going to download." Shout out to you, man! You're the real hero. That's what yeah. we like to hear. Uh, Steve two point at SA rule twenty one. Once era over, no, nope. yeah, literally can't be because they're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, and and Dan M at Muktavia said Wentz played fine, and he did. Was it like you know a Deshaun Watson performance in a Texans loss? No, he wasn't like transcendent. But if you have a functional yeah. offensive game plan and don't shoot yourself in the foot repeatedly mm-hmm. at all three stages, that quarterbacking effort yeah, right there is enough to beat the Giants. Yeah, which I mean, is a heck of a statement to, to make, but still, uh, I, I I agree. Right. Uh, what about at Frown three sixty turn? QB Factory Trask, talking about Kyle Trask. Ben, that's up your alley. What do you think? No, firstly, definitely not Trask. <laughs> Secondly, if they draft the quarterback, we're gonna have to like. I think literally, I don't. I don't know if I would be able to retain fandom. Like that might push me over the edge. Um, Wisby at Wisby three. Doug not all right, and so he like A L mm. capital R E I C H. Doug not all right, and also Doug not all right as in Frank Reich which I thought was very clever. Um, yeah, he's not, and it's frustrating. I will say that, like, you know, he and Reich don't run very... Like, the the offenses that Doug has run since Reich has left, a little bit less so this year with the addition of Scangarello and some of those influences, that offense is not very different from the one Reich runs in, in Indianapolis. You could argue that maybe there's a, a play-calling yeah. difference, right, in terms of who's calling the shots. Um, but, like, style-wise, they're trying to do the mm-hmm. same things in the same sort of ways. Yeah. Indianapolis executing. You know, Philadelphia's getting injured, putting their trust in, in veterans and not executing. Fun stuff. Ben, anything else from three words before we get the heck on out of here? Because I think I'm just as uh, dejected as the rest of the fan base after this. I've got a butts for coaches. I've got a butts for team. <laughs> um, I have a bunch of angry ones at BLG, which I guess people are done with the, uh, the Jalen Hurts tweets, but... I'm not reading any of those. I love BLG. And I love the Jalen Hurts tweets. They make me laugh. Um, Ian Mahal, at Ian Mahal. Hold someone accountable. Sums up pretty nicely. This is your first year in which you're not going to make the playoffs for Philadelphia. Somebody's got to be, you know, your team has gotten progressively worse over the last three years. Right. And it's not like it can't just be a predictable, hey, micro, you got to go, man, type of thing. I think it's got to be a little bit more impactful than that. A little bit of a shakeup. So we'll see if they can get it together. Yeah. Ben, uh, let's get out of here. 27-17 is your final. The Giants win cut in to the uh, NFC East lead for the Philadelphia Eagles, baby. Still uh, on pace to make the playoffs for some reason. 
Uh, ben, say goodbye to the gentle, gentle listeners. Please end this. Yep. G- goodbye forever. Eagles are never playing again. Butts for podcasts. Uh, yeah, thank you, as always, for listening to Kiss the Solak Show. We do apologize after the bye week. Talk about poor preparation. The Eagles were not ready to play the Giants. We were not ready to get a podcast out. Uh, for those who don't follow on Twitter and we're expecting a preview show, Mike and I talked into microphones for 38 minutes and only one of us successfully recorded their audio. It doesn't matter which one of us was successful. It was not me. Uh, and so we apologize to you on that. Hopefully you did not feel uh, neglected. And you know, on the bright side, a silver lining, if you will. Uh, the hope we would have given you for this game, you did not have to hear and then suffer through as the Eagles subsequently lost. But hey, Jake Elliott didn't miss a kick and the Eagles didn't throw a single screen pass. So it's a win in my book. The Eagles are 3-5-1. and one. As Mike said, currently do have a half-game lead in the NFC East. 3-7, and seven, the New York Giants behind them. Washington with a loss today. 2-7, and seven, and the Cowboys uh don't know when they play i don't really pay attention to dallas anymore so the eagles upcoming schedule they have the browns next week on sunday before a murderer's row against nfc's teams the seahawks the packers the saints and the cardinals so it's going to be a lot of good opponents and if the eagles have any hope of doing anything interesting for the rest of the season they will have to show something that they have not shown all year which is actual football plays so look forward to that (laughs) look forward to our previews regardless of the outlook however sunny or shady it gets here on bgn radio rate review and subscribe on whatever app you listen to the podcast he's been michael kist on twitter at michael kist nfl it's kisd i've been benjamin solak on twitter at benjamin solak that's s-o-l-a-k we'll talk to you later this week we all we got we all we need yep What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.